Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, welcome everyone. It is July 2016. Um, this is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and this is the Eva portion. <laughs> the Eva portion of our program. Of our program, no. <laughs> um, happy birthday, America. Happy birthday. Hope everybody's doing well. The mission of our show, of course, is to raise the bar, to collaborate, and to make a difference in the workplace. Yes, and to give you the tools to make that difference. Um, yeah, I, before we start, I want to say, God, last week's show was unbelievable. Um, Lynn Newman, you guys have to check it out. You have to um, get to know her. She has some games that she created to help us all achieve greatness. No, it's um, it's terrific. You can go to Lynn Newman, as in Paul Newman, but Lynn, L-Y-N-N, and Newman.com. And you can actually play the game of you online for free. And I've been playing it online and at home in I love it. Yeah, I'm so telling you, it's, it's a, a coach in a game. It's unbelievable. It is. It's terrific. Um, I wanted to just share a couple things about July 4th. Um, Do you have, like, fun facts? Not really. I mean, a lot of things happened on July 4th, right, since the beginning of time. But I just wanted to just share there's only been one president actually born on July 4th. That's Calvin Coolidge. And oh, That's a fun fact. Yep. And interesting, three presidents actually died on July 4th. And what's even more interesting is Jefferson and Adams, I believe, died on the same day. Really? Yeah. And um, it's just, you know. Just, Where are you getting all this this info? Oh, uh, it's in there. Yeah. It's, in there. <laughs> it's, it's like Craig. <laughs> um, but, okay, so here's what I'm getting at right before we start today. Uh, the most memorable event that yeah. occurred yes. on 4th of July in recent memory, of course. I go as far back as last year where Matt Megatoad Stoney defeated eight-time hot dog champion Joey Jaws Chestnut at Nathan's in Coney Island by downing an incredible 62 hot dogs. That is so gross. We've seen that. Yeah. Right, it's gross. It's like Joey was like, wow. it's not a sport, <laughs> but that's a that's a whole other area. That's a whole other controversy. Yeah, controversy. Controversy. <laughs> so, all right. So, blah blah blah. We have a really really important show today. Okay. Um, at at the beginning, we hear, are you concerned about your job? Are you concerned about losing it? And um, and that's kind of what our program is all about, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we learned early on when we first started doing the show was what's needed most in corporate today isn't really the spreadsheet mastering, you know, or the efficient deliverer of metrics. Um, what It wasn't so much the administrating, it was more of the demonstrating that was needed. And, and our guests have always been on that side of the fence, like um, 
soft skill versed or emotional help, things outside of our actual, you know, sitting at our desk work because it's all connected. Um, So, you know, today what we wanted to do is we wanted to talk about all of that. We want to talk about what exactly is going on in corporate, in the corporate workplace today. Uh, I want to also how we see it and what we've been reading and people we've been talking to and working with. Yes, exactly. And so we also have our own experience. I mean, you know, I started my career in corporate in 1973 and I make jokes and I say, if you want to gauge how long ago that is, um, Seth MacFarlane was born in 1973. So, I mean, I've been around the block and your career goes back as well. So we do have experience in the corporate workplace. We do. Um, you know, it can be toxic. I mean, I, I say that in the IT field of information technology, you know, I've seen imagine the change I've seen since 1973, right? Mm-hmm. In technology, but not so much in behavior. Right. Because what I, what I find is that everyone is just trying to hang on to their area and their piece of the pie and their job. And so, um, the behavior stays the same, but I think it, the behavior has changed somewhat because it's become more fearful. It's become more fearful, more toxic, um, more bully-like, more following the bully, um, more all of the above. And as a result, maybe we, we, if we're the victims, we have no way to turn, but become ambivalent to it. Right. Because I think what started to happen was, and I'm going to bring up like, you know, the new companies that came up, you know, your Facebooks, your Googles, um, Twitter, all of these companies, when they first started coming around, even Starbucks, right, they had a different methodology. They had a different formula. They had a different way of doing business. You know, if you go into Google, supposedly, you know, everybody's casual, they've got, you know, stuff to play with, but yet as the day to day environment grew more competitive, everybody started fighting again. I mean, now you're reading that, you know, that environment's become toxic. You know, it's been tough for women to make it in that environment when we thought we were kind of getting past all that. So there's new issues that are coming up. But at the same time, you know, the bottom line is, is it's still people working with people. And I'm not sure, even though we've learned a lot over the last number of years, I'm not sure how much of that is being implemented. Yeah, and it's not about our um, workplace-specific job description skill. It's never about that. Um, no, it's not. It's not. Because we're all good at what we do. Right. I mean, that's why everybody's working where they're working in the positions they're working in. I mean, yeah, there's always going to be some people that are kind of the weak pad. But, you know, what we wanted to talk today about was you know, what's happening in these environments, but then also what people can do. Right. Because um, sometimes in the workplace today, it's too measured. It's too metric managed. It's too mechanical. And the soft skills, the, the ability to communicate and share ideas and collaborate, they're not nurtured. 
And, you know, as a result, the bullies kind of easily take charge. Um, and they call themselves leaders or visionaries. And I mean, and I, I have, I have some examples of, uh, what I've encountered in the workplace, um, from visionaries. Um, but a lot of it, and we'll get to them, a lot of it too is around fear. I mean, I have also coworkers that were tough guys and big shots in the workplace, you know, easy six figures plus every year, mm-hmm. including bonuses and, and six figure bonuses and six figure bonuses. And uh, now as we age, many of them are retired. And if I, if I do a post and I mention, let's say a company like Citigroup, just as an example, I get tweets from these guys saying, I can't believe you actually mentioned a company by name. I mean, I wasn't saying anything wrong anyway. But so where is the courage to make a point? These guys were bullies their whole career, but maybe they really weren't. Well, I think you're seeing that a lot now in terms of just leadership. I mean, leadership means taking the hit on occasion. It means, you know, backing up your team. And what we found is, is that, you know, everything is fine while they can bully, but yet when it comes to actually leading, there's really very few leaders because it's not an easy spot to be in. And if people really thought about what being a true leader means, I think they would think twice about wanting to be in that position. Right. And that's why we developed the shared leadership model, which means there's greatness in all of us. Right. Um, you know, not just the guys at the top. Um, and they seem to play leader C, leader do, which we can talk about too, which drives me crazy. But, you know, so as a simple example, so company, like, you know, I mentioned, they tout leadership and they tout visionaries and visionary comes forward and addresses, you know, all of North America and says, well, we have 200 million customers. So, if we could only get each one to send us $10, we wouldn't have any revenue problems. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, what a nasty thing to say. Right. You know, so in lieu of that, we're going to have to make cuts. That's what he said. And so I understand it's not easy, right? But if you take that thought and then apply it to innovation. So where is the innovation? Is the only way to to Better yourself as a company is to make cuts. What about, you know, innovating the software to, and I'll, I'll give a simple example here. I don't want to get too sidetracked, but design applications for business that are cyber protected in the encryption rather than just to sling the application together and then go out and pay a vendor $10 million to manage the security. So I'm, there's no logic there. So where is the leadership? It's just not there. So what happens down below, back on earth where everybody's working, it gets toxic. Because why would I even care what I do if this guy's going to talk like that and there's going to be cuts? You know, where's my future? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it just generates a toxic environment. Right. You know? Yeah. And I want to, um, 
So while you're on toxic environment, I want to talk about that because when we talk to people and we've been in them ourselves, you know, and it's, I'm not going to say that every environment is toxic, but what we found is, is that a lot of environments are toxic. I mean, we've worked in a lot of different organizations and we've talked about that before and we've talked to a lot of people too. And a lot of environments are toxic. And I feel this in my opinion and from what I've read is that a lot of that is like what you mentioned comes from the fear. You know, it's the fear that you're going to lose your job. It's the fear that the people in leadership don't have our back, you know? So, so what do you do? You know, like what do you start to do to start making your own environment just more livable, right? Because what happens is, is that you think you're going to get a job somewhere else and the environment's going to get better and it's not necessarily going to get better. And I always start with, is that the change has to always start with us. And people don't necessarily want to hear that. But I think that it's absolutely true. You first have to start looking at, is there a way that I can change the environment that I'm in right where I'm at? Yes, that absolutely is the answer. You are exactly right. It has to start from within. And what happens is people say, well, everybody knows that. So what does that mean? There's nothing you can do. And that unbelievable answer, which is the way to go, is looked upon as weakness. Well, it depends on how you look upon it. And I know that we're about to take our first break, but what I wanted to do when we come back from the break is start looking at, you know, concrete ways that you can start doing that and how it's shown actually coming from a position of strength and not from a position of weakness. Because if you really do that, it's not easy to do. You know, changing from within... It's a skill. It is a skill, but that's really where you start to lead, and that really is shared leadership when you start leading from wherever you're at in the organization. Okay. So let's go ahead and take our first break, and then when we come back, we'll start talking more about, you know, concrete steps that you can take. Um, stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we'll be right back. Now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and today it's just me and Charlie, and we're talking about issues in the workplace. And, you know, the big one that always comes up is toxic environments. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about toxic environments and what it means to be in one. But what I wanted to do was to take some time and start talking about some concrete steps you can start taking today to start changing your environment. Right. We talk about making a difference. Yeah. Let's make one. And we talk about toxic environments. Everyone can do that, right? Right. Right. So... You know, one of the ways that I was saying is that, you know, the change really starts from within, right? We have to start changing ourselves. And people will say, yeah, but my boss is a jerk or leadership is a jerk. I get that. I've been in those environments um, and they're tough. They're tough. But when we're in our own meetings, one of the first places we can start, and I see this all the time, is to stop throwing team members and other people in your organization under the bus. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've, we've seen that so many times. And one of the things that I started to vow in my own career was that I was not going to ever throw anyone under the bus, either on my team 
or on in another department or when I became a consultant from the organization, another organization's team, because that's not how to get a project done. And sometimes, believe me, some people can be really toxic and it can be really tough to not want to just take them and buy the bus and throw them under the wheels. But, you know, in order to stop with the toxic environments, we have to first start with ourselves and we have to look at ourselves and see if we're being toxic. Because so many times we will hear people say, well, so-and-so is toxic or these people are toxic or this environment that I'm working for is toxic. And I myself have said it, you know, I'm not perfect. You know, we've all said it. However, you know, it's important to pull yourself back and start really taking care of your team. And you've done this a lot. And you you had a client recently that you really held the back of the team in a really tough organization with a lot of tough people. And those people are still reaching out to you. Yeah, the people are. Um, and no, I, I agree. First, let me say um, that is what a teammate does, right? Right. A teammate is uh, a teammate. Nobody, I, I make this thing where uh, when I'm working, I say nobody goes on my watch. Right. Right. Um, and it builds trust, but you can't just say it, right? You have to, you have to live it. You have to preach it. So some of the examples in my world is when seniors want me to escalate and I don't escalate. Right. Seniors want me to uh, shift around some people because they prefer others, but these are the hand that I have. I don't do that. I, I nurture my guys, and what I find all the time is, see, I'm a little selfish, right? What I find all the time is the team is really good. And the team's always good. The team brings yeah. stuff to the table that I had no idea and I learned from it. So I actually become smarter by doing that. Right? right. And that's where sometimes the resistance comes from above. Right. If you're not putting the potential greatness under the bus, you know, there's going to be more competition. Well, it's not it's not even so much about putting the potential greatness under the bus. Right. It's about um you know, if a mistake is made, which there's always mistakes made and deadlines are always missed, especially now because the deadlines have become so unrealistic. I mean, they're just crazy and they're just not attainable. So people start projects now. And I know that there are going to be organizations of people that will come in and say, well, no, I mean, we never do that. We estimate properly. I haven't seen it yet. And I've been in a lot of organizations. It's always someone has come up with an arbitrary deadline. Right? Yeah, and and so on. that deadline is always always missed, and then they're always looking for the scapegoat to throw somebody under the buses to say that, well, it's because of X, Y, and Z, and so-and-so. And you say that out of in-the-trench experience. It's mm-hmm. not something we're making up. No, I'm not making so it up. So talk us down, anybody that may want to come on in the future and share, discuss this some more, but you're exactly right. 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 So the the because what happens is is that if no one on the team – is the one that takes the hit, that it must be management made a mistake and management isn't going to take the hit for it. Right. Right. So, but you have to do everything in your power to not throw any one given person under the bus or any one team under the bus because everybody is in the same boat. And what I found was 
is that when we all collaborated together and closed ranks and not just my team that I went in with, but the team at the organization that I was consulting with as well, when we closed ranks, you're powerful that way. Mm -hmm. When no one's throwing anyone under the bus and management is coming in and leadership is coming in and saying, why didn't we get to this deadline? And everyone closes ranks and says, here's why as a whole, this is not attainable. Yeah, that's a team. That's a team. And that makes for a much less stressful environment in a much more productive environment, but it's not easy to do it. Well, Let's discuss this some more because okay. yes, this is, you know, a bullseye. I, I agree, but right. so would everyone when it comes down to how do you do that? That's right. when there's tumbleweed, right? Everybody will say, Oh yeah, I would love to have someone have my back. Are you kidding me? Everybody knows that. No. And so it starts with each one of us individually, yeah. right? So it would start. I, when I would go on a site, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a saint, and I'm not saying that I, you know, didn't have my moments where I failed at this miserably, but it starts with not sending the nasty email. It starts with not calling people out in meetings. It's very simple. When you feel anger when you're about to speak, you need to pull it back. You need to pull it back right then. Um. Yeah, so I mean that's certainly one. That's a that's a signal. Pull back yeah. the anger, but you know what's funny about the anger? Yeah. It's never it's never delivered up. <laughs> it's delivered either um, across or down. Right, right. It's never it, you'll never you'll never see anybody. You'll see the biggest bully will never be the bully with leadership. Yeah, right. Yeah. It'll always be. You're right. It's always being a bully downward. But it's it's in your behavior. So your behavior needs to be your daily example. And one thing would be, of course, to pull back the anger. There's so many other little things that we can do. Well, it's all, I guess the reason I'm saying that is because, you know, if you want a really concrete tip, right, if you're feeling anger, there's a good chance that you are just slinging and you're not thinking. Yeah. You need to it's not saying that anger is not a bad thing and it's not a cat and it, and it can be a catalyst for change. However, if you're feeling anger, that's the time to pull it back and do not hit send on that email and take all of the reply alls off of there. Take everybody's, everybody's address off that email, write a draft and then do not send it until the next day. Because if you're hitting that button in anger, I guarantee that you're just throwing fuel on that fire um, and you're not solutioning. I've actually taken that advice. Um, my dear, and so there's times you. you have not, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I want to approach it also from another angle. Yes. So you're my teammate. Okay. Mm -hmm. In this scenario mm -hmm. and I'm that angry person, but right. you're getting the advice here. Yeah. So it's on you. It's in you. Your skill has to be perceptive here. And you have to say to yourself, well, I don't have any anger. What? This has nothing to do with me. But you have to take it and say, wow, I can really help Charlie with this. If I can, if I can communicate to him about how he can temper that anger, that would be really good on my part. Well, and one of the things that I found is that I used to work um, 
years ago, I worked in an environment that was just, they, they loved the anger. Like you get on a call, you pick up the phone and then all of a sudden you'd be getting screamed at in your ear. And what I found was what diffused that the fastest. And I actually had, I actually was called into a, a big meeting. I picked up the phone and I, I usually let everything go to voicemail, but I had a day where I picked up the phone and found myself in the middle of a conference room getting yelled at, right? And getting yelled at severely by someone, a senior vice president, really just, just blasting me with both barrels. Wow. And, um, I just took a minute and I took a breath and I just said to him, and I, you know, I knew that what he was saying was wrong. But I just said to him, I took a breath and said, I see why you're concerned. I don't have this in front of me right now. I will have to get back to you and just let it go with that. And he, there was an absolutely, he just, he, he sputtered and then said, okay, <laughs> right? Because if I had started yelling back or said, no, you're wrong or whatever, it just wouldn't have gotten anywhere. You know, yeah. when someone's in that kind of a fury, nobody can talk them. But down. this is why we all need a coach. Yeah, well, I mean, it takes some, it takes a little bit of doing it. What it takes is it takes a certain amount of self-control, yeah. right? Because it's certainly easier to just lash out. But what I found is, is that those of us that stayed calm for the most part, now that, and I'm going to talk about something in a minute after I talk about this, those of us that stayed calm and did not lash back, but yet stood our ground, right? So it's not about backing down. It's about standing your ground, but standing your ground in a way that is like confident, but yet not throwing toxic crap back. Because the other person might be right, wrong about the anger, but might be right about the issue. What the issue is. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So, I mean, you always have to approach these issues from a viewpoint of solution, and not creating more of an issue or not even being um, having to be right all the time. You know, it's not about right, having to be right. About, about right. It. It's about the project. It's about the team. It's about being there for, you know, the people that you're working with. Mm -hmm. And so it gets tricky. But then also to that point, I also wanted to talk about something else that I see as a big issue. And it's an issue about not speaking up. Right. And I know I have been um, really guilty of this a lot of times is not speaking up because it can be tough to speak up sometimes. But as we become more and more disconnected from the actual physical location of our workplaces and we're working more and more off site um, and we're working with teams from across the globe. We're not just working locally anymore. We're working, we're looking, we're working all over the globe. And so many times we're not going to be face to face. We're just going to be using our voice on the phone. It's more important now than ever to start speaking up. And I have some tips about how to start doing that. And I know we're about to take the break, but one of the tips is, is you need to be engaged even if you're not talking. Because so many times you'll get on that phone and you'll be doing a million other things because no one can see like the you. The phone is on mute. The phone's on mute. They can't hear you. But boy, when you talk, they know that you weren't engaged in yeah. what was going on. Yeah. Even if you have a point to make, you can tell when someone's not engaged. And I'm, I'm telling everybody now that it's really important, even if 
you're not speaking right at that moment, it's really important to listen and stay engaged in the conversation because when you speak, you will be speaking more confidently. Maybe act as if it's one-on-one only. Yeah, you really should act as if it's one-on-one and start paying attention. Um, And there's going to be some more tips, but we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we'll be right back. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more Corporate Talk on TalkZone. Okay, guys, welcome back. Um, Eva and I are discussing workplace improvement strategies that we can all implement. Um, yeah. We say um, building a better workplace starts with us as individuals. And um, let's take it from a point where there is something you can do. There is no conspiracy. It's okay to stick a toe in the water and try and implement some of these strategies and just see what develops, right? Right. Um, you know, before the break, we were talking about how easy it is for everyone to say the workplace is toxic and what can we do. And, you know, you had brought up to pull back the anger or even if you are not the one that's angry, help a teammate pull back the anger. Right. That's a shared leadership um, example. And you were talking about um, another um, important thing of speaking up. And so knowing everything is one thing, but not speaking up is another. You know, saying you're a good teammate is one thing, but not speaking up is another. And to your point that you were making before the break is uh, an example of if you're on a conference call, and you're not really engaged, that's not um, speaking up. And that's right. all. That's even, you know, being disrespectful to your company. Right. You know. And believe me, you know, it's easy. You've got a million things going on. You're in a ton of conference calls. You know, it's easy to disengage. But if you're finding that your company is not listening to you, if you're losing your voice, if you're losing your visibility within your organization, you have to, at a minimum, at least be engaged in these calls. And if you have a hard time speaking up, and this is something that I train on, the, the stage fright piece of it, you know, part of stage fright shows up as this inability to share our opinions. And what happens is, is if we're not engaged and then they call us, you know, we're not going to know exactly what to say. So stay engaged in the conversation. And even if you don't speak, think about what you could have said and how you could have said it for the next time. Because it's important to start sharing and becoming visible and speaking up and not not letting a pin drop when someone is taking a hit on the call when you know what's going on, but yet you don't want to be involved in it. Or even um, not speaking up when someone is dictating process and strategy that you may need more information on. You're not saying the person is wrong or right. right. You may need more information. Um, right. And what you see is in your younger teammates – typically need more information, older as well. But what I found with a lot of our older teammates is that, you know, like our generation, a little bit even younger than us, what you find is is that they've got the knowledge, but they're like, I'm not getting involved, right? Yeah. I'm not going to share it. Let them figure it out. And that's 
Another point that I want to get into is if you're in a role where you have information, it's time to start sharing. Mm -hmm. Because we found a lot of times is that, you know, people will say, we've actually had this in one of our shared leadership workshops where a person said, well, yeah, I'm a senior member of the team, but if I give them everything I know, then they're just going to get rid of me and they're going to replace me. And what you're missing, if you're thinking like that, is that that's absolutely not true. If you are starting to share your information in a way where you're mentoring, where you're helpful, where you're looking at moving the company forward, but also understanding that younger teammates bring a lot to the table as well as the more seasoned professionals, you can you become more valuable to the organization. That will draw teammates to you. That will draw if everybody is if you've become this go-to person, you now are more valuable than if you're sitting there and nobody has a clue as to what you do because they think, well, you know, yeah, you were good 20 years ago, but now what do you bring into the table? Right. Exactly. No, um, I I agree, and everything that we're kind of discussing here, you could even roll up to trying to gain trust within your teammates so that they feel empowered to do the same, right? Right. Um, one of the, one of the things that I do in speaking up is I've learned that it's okay to question. It's okay to question everything, not measure, but question, um, question because I don't know, mm-hmm. right? Not question because I think I know better. Right. So uh, an example being, you know, in my last uh, project, the meeting starts and the the facilitator says, well, I hope I hope everybody's uh, ordering dinner because with the deadlines we have on this project, we're going to have to start putting in extra time. And I ask the question, why is the deadline the deadline? Can you. Validate. I mean, I'm not saying we don't want to put in the time. We do. I want to know what happens if the project is not done by this time. Mm-hmm. And there was silence. So now what does that mean? I, I pushed the wrong button, uh, said something I shouldn't have said. I said, well, I just want to make sure that this is a legitimate deadline because my guys need all their energy and creative ability during the day. And if we keep them here at night, it has to be for an important reason. The overtime never happened. The date was just, it wasn't changed, but it just rolled until completion. Because I also said, so have you guys estimated that the work can be done in this date? And they didn't because they didn't speak up. Right. Right. So the whole thing was, I don't know, make believe. And they were being bullied to just work, but they weren't engaged. They weren't speaking up. They were just getting beat up. Well, and I understand how tough it is to to do the speaking up. Right. Especially with a lot of IT professionals, they tend to be more introverted and keep to themselves more. And it hurts you to do that. It's not to say that. You know, you should become extroverted because you can't. But if you know that that a deadline can, you know, can't be met, or if you have information, it's important to start 
to share it and to become engaged and to start to share it. And if you've been one that's been mentoring, that's been helpful, that's been solutioning, and you start bringing this up, it comes from a place of strength and people will listen to you. So if maybe one of those teammates isn't going to listen to you, the others can then start chiming in. But everybody needs to start working as a team, even if they're disconnected and they're working remotely. Right. And that's why being engaged, even when you're not being, you know, even when you don't, not being called to speak right at that moment is so crucial because you have to keep everybody in the loop and you have to understand what everybody is doing. And actually, that is another point that I want to make um, is that so many times we don't look at what the work that we're doing, how it impacts those either above us or below us. And this was something that um, was brought to light in a TED talk that I saw by um, a French consultant by the name of Eve, I believe it's Eve um, Montreux. And he did a great, um, TED talk on his consulting firm had gone to a number of organizations like across the world. It was a global company and everywhere he went when they would quiz people as to their jobs, everybody said their jobs sucked. (laughs) And he finally said, well, we needed to do a study as to why this was. And what they found was is that everybody was so disengaged from what everybody in the organization was doing, everybody else in the organization was doing. And what they found was when they moved team members into other areas within the company so that they could see what the other areas were doing, they had a greater respect for their own work, but then also thought about how their work impacted others in the organization. And they started working more as a cohesive organization. Yep, and you know... um and you say this too, you say like many of us say the same things only differently. Mm-hmm. And that's a really important way and point to make, right? Because I say the only thing that matters in the workplace is results, mm-hmm. right? It is. But if the results are delivered at the expense of others to your exact point, right? the results are going to be tainted. May not be tainted right away. You might get the the accolades for delivering because I, you know, in the IT field, it was like, you know what? Get sling the code, meet your date and just shove it over to testing and let them deal with it. Right. You know, as an example. Well, and it's not even so much like shove it over to testing, right? You, um, like, let's say you've created an app that works in the stores, right? That's a way to, you know, I don't know software, even, mm-hmm. you know, and you've created the app, but you never talked to the people in the stores. Mm-hmm. You kind of got an idea of what they wanted, but you didn't have them engaged with you in the processes you were creating and testing. And then they get it in the store and they're like, well, hang on a second. How do I put in this for the customer? Yeah, so this is taking me three steps when before I was only using two steps. This app sucks and I can't use it. And we're losing sales. And think about what you're saying. Okay, so Mm -hmm. you're talking about um, understanding the impact in other groups or the business that you're doing, that you're developing in that example. Right. So understanding the impact means knowing to speak up because you may not know the impact, right? Right. Or And it's okay to ask what is the impact. Right. It shows right. that you're engaged. Which well, is- it's OK to ask, like, what do you need? Right. Right. Because so many times and, and I've been on so many projects 
where I've asked team members, so hang on a second. When these guys use this, what happens? Well, I don't know. Well, what do you mean you don't know? You have to talk to them. Yeah, it's not bad. Let's find out. Right. We have to find out. Right. We have to find out. And you'll find that, you know, like even in the corporate workplace, right, people start closing ranks. So you have developers from other countries come in and those developers will only speak with each other. And yet, and then they'll only speak with each other if the each other is male. You know, mm-hmm. they'll keep the women out of it, right? And then you come in as, you know, a person that works at this organization in the U.S. and you're a woman and they barely talk to you. But what I found was, is if I kept talking, when I kept talking and when I kept bringing them in and when I kept treating them respectfully, eventually, eventually it turned around, you know, so even if they were being jerks, I wasn't being a jerk back. Right. And I would joke with them and talk to them and we finally would develop a rapport, but that takes some time and you, but you have to do it. You know, it's all in this together. It's an evolution of behavior of everything you had brought up, right? Pulling back the anger, not throwing a teammate under the bus, staying engaged, speaking speaking up, up, right? Right. Um, And all of that, generates trust. Um, right. And that's true leadership. And that's true leadership. You know, another example. And you don't have to be a senior, be a senior VP. You can lead right now. But um, it might initially appear to be controversial or, you know, aggressive. And I'll give you an example. So with the uh, before break, we were talking about this estimating of a project. And when I was saying, well, have you guys agreed that you can do this work? And the, the leader said they agreed that they can do the work. And so after the meeting, I got the team together and I said, you have to understand, guys, you say yes. They were offshore. You say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. That's an acknowledgement of basically, yes, I heard what you said. Right. Not I, you know, I'm committing to this project. Right. You need to understand that. And if you're not sure, let me let me be the one. Right. 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 So in the beginning, they thought I was trashing them. Oh, yeah. But then they realized I had their back. Right. 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 And it takes a while. It takes a while. You've got to hold your ground. Yeah. Okay. I love this. Right. We're going to take our final break. We have a few more things to discuss. Please stay with us. Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. We are back, everyone, and today we are talking about workplace, workplace improvement strategies. And we've talked about a lot so far, um, but basically everything starts with us. Right. right. We always want everything externally to change, and then and then we say, okay, then we'll change. But no, it really starts with us and us setting the example and us being engaged and us speaking up and us not throwing teammates under the bus and us asking questions. Right. right. I mean, think about it, right? If you had your own company, mm-hmm. would you prefer this type of model, not throwing teammates under the bus, keeping or making sure you're engaged, sharing your information with your teammates? Wouldn't you, think your company had a better chance to succeed if your employees were employing that model. 
Oh, absolutely. And think about, you know, if everyone feels safe, right? The biggest thing is not feeling safe when you go to work. And if everyone felt safe, that only then can we be creative yeah, I think, in what we do. I think we miss something, right, when yeah. we work because we make good money. Yeah. And we make good money for a reason. So um, you should be proud of that. You should be proud to speak up. And um, and if you if you're not that person, you can share with a teammate, and they could speak up on or your you, behalf. Right. Um, but make sure that they give you the credit. There's right. no fear around leading yourself. That's why you were hired, right? And I think we miss that point. Yeah, we we do tend to miss that because it's so important that. We're always looking for external validation. And it's true. I mean, you know, you want your organization to validate your work, you know. You and they will. That you're, going, you're doing a good job. Right. And they will. But they have to know what you're doing. Right. They're not going to come and seek you out. I mean, unless, you know, you're some crazy savant that is amazing at what you do. Right. I mean, otherwise, they're just really not going to come. Right. That's an exception. You That's yeah. an exception. Right. But, you know, they're not going to come and seek you out. You have to make your presence known and you have to make your presence known in a way that when they're out having cigars over brandy one night, you know, they'll say, you know, that Charlie Labasco, he's all right. Yeah, you that know, would be good. Right? good. right. That's what you want. You don't want when they've got, you know, a couple of brandies under their belt going. Where's the bus? Oh, my <laughs> God, when, where boss. did we hire that guy? Right. We got we to let him go. You know, I mean, you want them to speak highly of you in other situations, even outside of work. So there's something else I think that's important. Um, uh, I don't want to make light of it. Uh, it's And it's likability. Kind of, you know, works. Everything that you mentioned works better with likability. Right. Yeah, and likability can be tough. It's not a requirement. Right. But it's a nice to have. Well, and likability, you know, okay, so I'm going to be a broken record here, right? But likability starts internally. You have to look at yourself and see how you talk to yourself first. And people hate when I, when I talk about this, but it's so important. If you're talking nasty to yourself. It's because we don't want to do the work. That's why. Yeah. You know, if you don't, if you don't, if you aren't being nice to yourself, it's going to be really tough to be not truly, truly centered and nice to the people that you're working with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And everything that you hear, you're going to take as a slight against you. You have to start by being nice to yourself and then you can be truly nice. People feel your vibe. Even if you're not talking, they feel your vibe. They'll say, you know, I don't know what it is about that guy, but just sitting next to him makes me crazy. Yeah. Right. Or, Everybody was like, I really want to sit next to him because I don't know. There's something about him. He's just grounded. It's like when he speaks. I love hearing him talk. When you said earlier about if you share your knowledge, it will draw teammates to you. Yeah. If you're likable and likable is maybe not the right word to use, but if you're easy to be around, it will draw teammates to you. Yeah. If you're grounded. Now that's not saying that you don't need to know what you're doing because you need to know what you're doing. Right. Right. You need to be good at what you do and you need to, you need to hone your skill set. But, you know, we want to talk about takeaways. One right. takeaway is do not, under any circumstance, think you have to be unlike and tough to be a leader. 
Right. That, That's not true leadership. Right. That is a terrible strategy. You don't, you don't want to lead from a place of terror, right? That's a, that's tyranny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a dictatorship. That's not what you want. I mean, the whole point of being a leader is to have people that want to follow you and want to make this organization great. And I would say that most of the people that we've met want to make their organizations great. You know, they like being there. They want to help, but Things have just fallen apart so much that they just feel that there's nothing they can do. And I am telling you, and we are both here to tell you, there is something you can do, and it starts with yourself. And then, of course, if the environment is so evil and so toxic, then you need to get out. But the thing is, is when you're listening to yourself and you're being good to yourself, you're going to know when it's time to go, and you're going to be comfortable doing that. So, okay, so... Uh, all of that starts from within, mm-hmm. and then we get to trust. But that has to start from within too, I guess. Right to your point. Absolutely. If I does. trust myself, I'll know what when I should leave, stay, speak up, or not. Right. You know. And I think that too is critical. I mean, it's work for one, right? We have to deliver. Yeah. Um, and. Well, but you're there to deliver. I mean, they're paying you to deliver. They're not just paying you to hang out, right? I mean. They're paying you because the organization needs work done, and so you have to deliver that work. But it doesn't mean that you have to work in a toxic environment, but you can start by changing that environment. You can start by changing that. Uh, One of the things that I evolved to was never saying, tell me what you want me to do, and I say, based on either what I'm hearing or based on the requirements, here's how I think we should proceed. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, let the conversation go from there. Um, and I, I trust my ability and I trust my ability to communicate that. Right. And, you know, deal with it when and if there's there's an issue. The most important thing to hear, how do you know anything is working on what we're taking, what we're discussing here? One way is... If someone says, what do you think mm-hmm. at work? When someone asks me for an opinion about work at work, that to me is it, it's a compliment that should go right in my review, <laughs> right. you know, because people are asking me what I think at work. And that's the position you want to be in. Yeah, you do want to be in that position. And, you know, people will say, well, I work from home. You know, people don't really know me. Again, we're going back to. You know, when you're on these calls, you have to stay engaged. But I will also say that you have to start going into the office once in a while. Have to start going into the office. They have once to in a while. see your face. Yeah. They have to. Um, um, it's important because otherwise you will lose visibility. Because um, I was working off site for a very long time, as you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I was always engaged in those calls by email. I was always available and I would go into the office on occasion. Yep, we go back to, to. Um, the example we were downtown uh, and I met a co- co-worker I hadn't seen in a while. Um, and he said, dude, they don't even know I work there anymore. I'm off, I work from home. He said, it's the best. I helped my father with his construction company. 
So I'm just saying it's great until they cut you. I mean, if he's okay with being cut, but you're actually stealing from the company. Doing right. That. It's not right. a good place to it's be. It's not a good place to be because you're not really engaged in what you're doing. And, you know, you're spending a lot of time there, even though, you know, you're saying you're not, you're still spending a lot of a good chunk of your day. You want that day to be productive and, and fulfilling. If the company drove you to that behavior, drive it back. Right. Right. Um, there's greatness in you as well. Take ownership of your behavior. Right. Absolutely take ownership. And if for some reason you find that it's still too toxic to stay, well, then even then when you've taken ownership of your behavior, you're very comfortable in what it is that you do and what you bring to the table. And that's that's another point. It's like always be very aware of your skill set and what you're good at. And ask you know, assess it. Assess yourself. Yep. Uh, uh, you know what, guys? It's not my thing. I think I have an idea, but I really defer to, you know, that's fine, right? Right. That also invokes um, trust, which right. is really cool. It takes courage, though, to do what we are talking about. Because there could be a price, right? It may not work to the way you need it to work. The tough guys might take you out. You know, there's, there's a price to not have courage, right? There's a price to also hanging back and letting everybody kind of, you know, walk over you or, you know, just hanging out in the shadows. And if you're okay with that price that you pay for that, then, you know, then do it. You know, no one's good. No one is telling you to do anything differently. But if you're finding that you can't take it anymore and you want to make a change, I always say start with yourself first and then see if you still want to make that change. And then you'll be able to make the change from a, a much different place, not from a scared place, not from an angry place, but from a really grounded and centered place. Well, we need you to make that change. Right. We need to make a difference. This is why we're all here, right? Every year the bar gets higher and higher and higher. We need to collaborate. We need to leverage each other. We need to work together. There's right. no reason for toxicity. And it's easy to get disconnected just, you know, by how disconnected we are because we're all working in different locations. But so it just takes a little more effort to reconnect and really understand your teammates, even if you, on many occasions, never even seen their face. Never it's even seen still them. a person. Um, think about it. Put a face to their face. <laughs> Talk us down if you have some concerns about what we're saying. Um because we want to improve as well, right? We want to make a difference. We want everybody working. We want everybody staying where they are if that's the right way thing to do. Right. We want to make a difference, and it starts with us. Right, because every workplace is very similar. You know, yeah. the workplaces are very similar. They're not that different. So you're going to jump ship and go to another workplace, and if you haven't really thought it through, you're going to have the exact same coworkers. They just have different names and different faces. And also work is hard enough. Right. Yeah. It's hard enough knowing what we know. You know, we, we need all the help we can get. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Love it. I loved it, too. So um, thank you, everyone. Have a great week and a great Fourth of July. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie Neven. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.